pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. What lesson stands out most to you from your time in school? For me, that lesson came from the most unlikely of places. It was my math class in freshman year of high school. I say unlikely because math was and still is my weakest area of study. But I remember that day clearly. We were studying binomials and our teacher gave us a problem to solve. But when I came up with my answer, it didn't seem right. You see, the the negative and the positive numbers couldn't physically create an actual answer using the FOIL method. And as I looked at my notebook, I second-guessed myself and wondered if something was wrong with the way I did the equation. So eventually what I did, figuring that I was wrong, I changed my answer to one that looked like an actual solution. And after a few minutes, our teacher asked us to tell her what the answer was. Now, I wasn't the one brave enough to answer, but another student said, there's no solution to this problem. Sure enough, the teacher commended them and told us all, the answer to this problem is there is no answer. Now, that wasn't what changed my life, but it's what she said immediately after, which is, don't let the outcome change your procedure. My 14-year-old brain couldn't comprehend the depth of that statement at the time. 20 years later, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. See, up until that point, I had only really known one type of mindset, the outcome-driven mindset. But that day, I was introduced to a new way of looking at the world, the process-driven mindset. Now, the differences are obvious, but they're important to consider. People tend towards being outcome-driven because, well, results are visible. When you already have an idea of what you want the answer to be, it's all too easy to be tempted to change the formula if you're not getting the outcome you wanted. But the process-driven mentality puts as much emphasis on the how as the what. To develop a process-driven mentality is to recognize that the ends are only worthwhile if they're achieved by purposeful means. Take a romantic relationship, for example. It's hard to develop the qualities and habits that lead to a successful relationship. Selflessness, dedication, communication. It takes a long time. And for a lot of people, it might never happen. But if you trust the process of developing the habits, you're far more likely to enter a romantic relationship, and it's far more likely to last than one that is pursued for the sake of optics, for saying that you're in a relationship just for the sake of being in one. This problem isn't, of course, unique to us. Throughout the Bible, all kinds of people have struggled with the desire to appear godly and the discipline to trust his process of training them in godliness. Now, there's one such incident that had dire consequences for one man. And let's take a look at that example in 1 Samuel 15, verses 23 through 33. 
And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be you to the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have devoted to destruction. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop! I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, Speak. And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go, devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent to me. I have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, As a Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. King Saul was commanded by God to destroy Israel's enemies, and with that commandment, he was presented with a choice. He could follow God's commandments and be godly, or he could do what he wanted to only seem godly to other people. And his choice reflected his outcome-driven mindset, which ironically led to him losing God's favor. And how often do we do something we think will appear godly to other people, yet dishonors God in the process? God's desire for us is not to demonstrate superficial shows of godliness, but to obey his voice. And that tends to be uncomfortable for us, especially since the outcome often isn't reflective of the effort expended. And while outcome versus process could be a worthy debate in some professional areas, it's not a debate in the spiritual realm for one important reason. God is in control of the outcomes. The Apostle Paul explains that succinctly in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 4 through 9. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. In the first century, some of the early believers debated the merits of following Paul or Apollos, but instead of getting caught up in the debate, Paul focused on what unified them rather than what separated them. 
See, both Paul and Apollos were servants of the Lord Jesus and vehicles by which others learned of God's plan for salvation. See, Paul wasn't concerned about preaching like anyone else because he knew that it was God that caused someone to spiritually flourish. Because the outcome was out of his hands, Paul could focus on the process of following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where the challenge lies for you and me. It's up to us to trust that God is in control of the outcome so that our focus can rest on the process of obeying his voice. We need to have faith that our service in the household of faith will work to his glory, even if the outcome is in proportionate to the effort we expend. And even when it seems like all our efforts aren't fruitful while someone else might be seeing more success, we need to remember to not let the outcome change our procedure. If we do that, we can rest assured that the most rewarding outcome we can hope for will be waiting for us at Christ's return. Positions as kings and priests to reign with Christ in his kingdom. And until that day, let's trust a process of God working in us and through us. To wrap up, let's reflect on the words of 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 16. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. I want to thank you for listening to another devotion here on Pause to Consider. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you get to share it with your friends and your loved ones. If you haven't done so already, I hope you subscribe to Pause to Consider on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform, and if you could, leave a rating and a review so that others might be able to find a show. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me on my Facebook and Instagram pages. But above all else, I hope this episode was helpful for you. And I pray that God will be with you until we meet again, whether it's on our next episode or in God's kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, wcfoundation.org slash podcasts. Have a great week.